Welcome back to the Book Report Podcast with Allie and Rach. We're excited to have you here today. We are on episode 13 and we are talking about Beneath the Marigolds with Emily C. Whitson. I paused and waited for Rach to hold it up as if we were on video just now. (laughs) We're not. So it was a great, awkward millennial pause. Isn't that what the We've said Emily's name now a couple times tonight, too. Uh So it's not even, you're just waiting for the cue for your eyes to follow. Yeah, I know, I know. Emily is a local Nashville author, which makes this an extra special episode. There's another reason it's extra special, and that is that we are going to be interviewing Emily on the podcast. Not today. Next week. Next week. (laughs) We are so, so jazzed about this. Our neighbor, Megan, had, I can't even remember when she brought it up, but she had said she has a friend, Emily, and... She just said, I have this friend, and she never told us she was writing a book. All of a sudden, she gave us this proof to read. Yeah. And it was a full fucking novel. Yeah. And (laughs) the just how odd that was when you think someone, she's like, and it's really good. You guys should read it if you want. And it was in a pile of books that Megan let me borrow, and I read it in just one day. It's so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the way she hooked me was she's like it's like the bachelor in paradise meets a mystery novel yeah like oh why doesn't that exist that sounds great a lot of my favorite things right there that you just said Mm -hmm. tonight we are drinking a cocktail i'm calling the marigold Mm -hmm. and it is marigolden all up and down (laughs) there is calendula yes leaves in the ice I made calendula tea, which is marigold tea. Mm-hmm. I used dried leaves from a marigold. And then it boiled it down to make a honey syrup with Allie's honey. Woohoo! I'm a beekeeper, so <laughs> I get very excited whenever my honey is used in the cocktail. Which I use it for all of ours here. I love that. I think I, I stepped it to the back of the cupboards so no one would use it except for me so if you need more it's fine (laughs) and what else special was in it i use that fancy rose liqueur yes that was delightful and i think that's it oh and i i took the gin for the cocktail and i infused it with calendula this as well one of my favorites we've had on the pod Ooh, the pod i should just say podcast and not try to be cool (laughs) (laughs) it is delicious i think you've heard us say a few times now rach and i love a good tart Mm -hmm. cocktail i don't love an overly sweet one i love a floral cocktail but usually people make them really sweet yeah this is the best of all worlds Mm -hmm. it's a little tart from the lemon it's herbally Calendula is very good for you, has a lot of benefits, so I feel mm-hmm. like it's negating, you know, anything that... Could it be cleansing my blood Jen right could now? could be doing mm-hmm. <laughs> wrong. It's so good, so cheers. Cheers. So next week when we talk with Emily, we are going to do a mocktail version of this, and I found this really lovely rose kombucha mm-hmm. that I think I'm going to use. I haven't quite nailed down the recipe, but... I'm excited. Yeah. So this calendula is going to make me start feeling really great. We're going to be so healthy (laughs) by next week. You won't even know what to do with this. Yeah, this is one of my faves for sure. Excited for the mocktail version as well. Okay. So for this summary, I copy and pasted from Goodreads. I think Emily Whitson 
this is her summary and I thought it'd be fun. There's going to be a lot of this episode that's kind of from her words. I felt. Yeah. I don't know. We have the inside scoop. We do. (laughs) So I'm going to start here and interject whenever you want. When her best friend Reese Marigold goes missing after attending Last Chance, an exclusive singles retreat on a remote island off the coast of Hawaii, a no-nonsense lawyer, Anne Stone, infiltrates the retreat. Ooh, infiltrates. That's a good. I like that one. (laughs) I would infiltrate a retreat for you if you went missing, for sure. If I went on something like bachelor in paradise i would be like i actually didn't know rachel (laughs) i'm actually not gonna infiltrate that (laughs) if you thought i maybe i'm trying to think of one reason i would be there the uh, a lot of our neighborhood regularly watches bachelor and bachelorette together and Mm -hmm. you never have so if you just suddenly went on yeah i mean maybe you did like a couple times not very often i feel like you tried a few times there's just so many episodes there's There's a lot it's real commitment yeah he went on and be shocked (laughs) (laughs) for many reasons (laughs) Anne quickly realizes there's one more there's more to last chance than meets the eye the extravagant clothes the never-ending interviews and bizarre dates hint that the retreat is is a front for a reality dating show could reese be safe keeping a low profile until the premiere or did something sinister occur after all i that so this is one thing I feel like we've described it a few times now mm-hmm. as Bachelor in Paradise meets a Who Done It. Yeah, but in the book, it is it's not a it's like a retreat. It's mm-hmm. not a dating show as far as I had forgotten going. that that they kept mm-hmm. feeling like could this be a show? Could this be a show? Are mm-hmm. they actually recording us? There's a moment where yeah, so Reese goes missing on the show. And Anne goes back, goes on the, like, next round of the retreat to find mm-hmm. her. And Anne realizes, I keep, Anne realizes that in the state of Hawaii, only one person has to know something is being recorded for it to be recorded. I think that's oh, how it goes that's down. Oh, that's right. And yeah. so she realizes they could be recording everyone there without them knowing. Mm-hmm. And it would be legal. And that's the moment she realizes, oh, this could be a front for a reality show, yeah. which is fascinating <laughs> as someone who consumes a decent amount of trashy reality TV. <laughs> I do not. Rage. This is Rage here. Do not. Do not. Do not, not one. There's not one reality TV show that you watch. No. Wow. Scouts Honor. Have watch. you ever? Is there uh, one that you've watched in the Oh, past? for sure. Obsessed with Laguna Beach. Okay. I mean, that's not trashy. It's wholesome. Sure. By I never watched standards. Laguna. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I was never really a reality show girl. Oh, I, I the camaraderie mm-hmm. of a, a good, ridiculous reality show. And I think it <laughs> sunk in. In college, we watched one of the very first episodes of The Bachelor, and a bunch of the folks were from Nashville, like Dr. Travis, and I don't remember the girl's name. It was like The Bachelorette. They're from Nashville. Well, I know that season that I watched with The Neighborhood, it was the season where a bunch of the people, like there was the guy that was a radio host here. Yeah. 
a bunch of people were from Nashville, you see and them then they moved all here. The time. I, like I see be- people from The Bachelor and Bachelorette mm-hmm. all the time at my not cool neighborhood coffee shop. That's like the neighborhood one, not a trendy yeah. one. I see them everywhere. It's I don't know. There's something. It's weird that extra we're that, about that. This is probably known to everyone, but me. But how were the Bachelorette? capital of the world it's, like yeah. for bachelorette bachelor parties. parties and everyone moved here yeah it's so weird it's so you i've seen like downtown nashville i've seen a ton in a group before of cast members from bachelor huh. bachelorette it was i don't remember what season it was it was one when we did a bracket with friends that and, i think that was the one that we did yeah it Emily's house, Emily Bride's house. Mm. We watched there mm-hmm. a bunch. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's it. From that season, I saw a ton of folks downtown and was like, this is the weirdest thing. But I like the camaraderie of it. And so there's something about this book where you are, I'm immediately in. I'm yeah. here for it. I'm in. And again, the characters don't, it, they, they think they're just going on this, a retreat. Imagine like the, bat, imagine Bachelor in Paradise if you watch that. Mm-hmm. But no one knows they're being recorded. Yeah. But it fe- they're all like suspicious that mm-hmm. they are. That's kind of what the setup is. And it's told in two perspectives. So it kind of it bounces back and forth from Reese to Anne. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing this parallel of what has happened with what's currently happening. And that's one of my favorite preview. styles of books is switching up the characters like that. I have got to be the laziest reader that has ever existed. And anything that makes it more difficult to get through a story is not my favorite. I didn't mind this one. So you're not a fan of the switching perspectives? Not really. Mm -mm. It's my own laziness, I think. Because I feel like, God, it would be so hard to write. It would, especially, yeah, when it's done really well. Mm -hmm. And it's not only the perspective is different, but the style of writing, the Mm -hmm. words they use, all of that changes from chapter to chapter. That has to be so hard. You know this, one of my favorite books ever of all time is The Poisonwood Bible. Mm -hmm. And there's like five or six characters who are drastically different and different in age. And there's like a toddler, like a four or five-year-old is one of the characters versus like her 50-year-old super conservative Southern Baptist dad. It's, I love a book like that. Ooh, I love it, love it, love it. I wonder if that's why I've never gotten past like chapter one. When it, <laughs> but this one is just, it's only two characters. So it's no, this one, this one wasn't. It was just when you said that, I was like, oh, I wonder if, because that's, it just, it's one more step to making it harder for me yeah. to like jump in reading this book right now it's mm-hmm. called all the missing girls by megan miranda i really enjoy it but it's told in a backwards timeline oh we're having not to think about you have to think about everything it. and i like I, the same I kind like of thing that. like i like the book but i'm constantly confused mm-hmm. and then i have to stop and say i'm confused because the thing that i think is about to happen I know already happened because I read about that already mm-hmm. and they're just backing oh, up. I love that. But I think it's because it makes me vote. I have to focus. Yeah. I'm also someone who will just speed read through a book if mm-hmm. given the chance because I want to know what's going to happen. So if I have to take a moment yeah. and reconsider and be like, wait, what? Think through this. Who's talking? What's the storyline? Yeah. I kind of appreciate it in a way. I can't. Yeah. Can't. One thing we'll have to ask Emily. I know you like to listen to books. Mm-hmm. I wonder like when that comes up in yeah. like, with your publisher. Yeah. If 
that's an option or if that's still like on the table listening isn't always my preference Mm -hmm. I like the convenience of it though and again right now we're remodeling a house so a lot of what I do is listen to audiobook while I'm doing that so yeah I like the convenience of it for sure and I I think a great narrator can Mm -hmm. make the book there's I was looking at this Parnassus, I think it was Parnassus Books, a local bookstore, was doing a TikTok about fall vibes books. And someone had recommended The Dutch House. I think the author is Ann Padgett. And I saw that Tom Hanks is the narrator of the audiobook. I was like, that might oh, be my first one. That would, oh, you've never listened to an audiobook? Mm-mm. Well, okay, never I have. Ever. Okay. There's a small white lie. This is super embarrassing. But I never purchased Fifty Shades of Grey. You listened? Because I was embarrassed to purchase it, like go through the Target <laughs> checkout with that or order it on my like family Amazon account. So I bought it on Audible and it was, as someone that loves a very spicy book. Yeah, it's different though. Un- unlistenable. <laughs> couldn't do it the quality of the narrator i don't know who you are out there i'm so sorry it was unbearable i did buy 50 it's still in my kindle library probably and i remember being like i have to delete this i didn't finish it to to like my own credit i did not even finish all first i finished all three all three of them everything that happens i've never watched the movies but i read all of them if i start to think i'm gonna finish the whole series which mm. is why fantasy series like really in-depth ones not like a trilogy not intimidating but yeah. if we're talking like game of thrones mm-hmm. those i've read some of those really intense fantasy series yeah i have to commit i'm, I'm in i'm gonna finish it all and i'm Wait. gonna look up the house history i'm gonna look up the maps i'm gonna i'm gonna be in it it's gonna take up space in my brain so while it I'm glad Fifty Shades of Grey took up so much space in your so brain. Much. It's in there. The it's maps. There. Um, <laughs> yeah. The maps of, I don't remember what town they're in. Chicago? Seattle. Seattle? Oh, you're right. You're right. Seattle. You're right. The map of Seattle. <laughs> uh, get back on track. We got to get back. Circle back. Circle back. I was in preparation for our interview with Emily that's going to be on the podcast next week. I was going through some of other interviews that she'd done and oh, actually I think this was on. So this is one thing I want to talk to her about is her Goodreads account Mm -hmm. on this book. She writes a summary and she writes like an introduction to it. Like she herself, which I thought was really cool. And I didn't know if other authors did that. And I just never bothered to check it out. But she said, I developed the protagonist, recent Anne, during the heyday of the hashtag own voices movement. So it was critical to write from perspectives that I knew and understood, Mm. namely women in recovery. But even before the movement gained traction, writing about people in recovery in an accurate, respectful, and refreshingly normal light has been a longtime goal. In fiction, addicts are commonly portrayed as one-dimensional villains, or they are defined by their substance abuse. I wanted to see main characters who are in recovery and succeeding. Of course, both of my protagonists run into trouble, but it's trouble unrelated to their addiction. Mm-hmm. There's still so much shame surrounding addiction, and I wanted to have characters who talked about their recovery in a stigma-free manner. Seeing such characters would have been really helpful to me when I was entering recovery, 
So I hope it helps somebody else in a similar situation. And I didn't know what own voices was. So that was my next Google search. It started on Twitter in 2015 by an author named Corinne Doivis. Have you ever heard of it? Mm-mm. So she is autistic and she wrote about, it's a sci-fi young adult book called On the Edge of Gone with an autistic main character. And she was originally intending it as a shorthand for book recommendations on Twitter okay. for readers to recommend books by authors who openly share the diverse identity of their main oh, characters. Interesting. This circles back to episode one. <laughs> the hashtag was never intended to be used in a broader capacity, but it has since expanded and it's used to become a catch-all marketing term by the publishing industry. Interesting. So... <laughs> I had an all caps. I feel yes, like we've I been before it. Taylor Jenkins Reid. Yes. You actually sent me yes. some TikToks today about. I did. She is still writing books about Latinx characters mm-hmm. who, and she's not Latinx. And after she wrote, this is somewhat personal opinion, somewhat mm-hmm. me regurgitating what I saw on TikTok today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I haven't read any other book by her other than Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And after that book, apparently, she was like, yeah, you should, I should lift up or basically not take marketing dollars away from Latinx writers Mm -hmm. or black writers or anything else, almost using their, what am I trying to say? Using their, like, like identity I'm, yeah, to, using their identity and I'm taking those marketing dollars mm-hmm. when I could just be like lifting up people who are writing from that perspective, which uh-huh. I think is a very valid and interesting point of view. And yeah, I sent it to Rach today and was like, ooh. <laughs> that was before, because I updated the summary like before you had sent all of that. So that's interesting. I was looking into Corinne Doivis, who was the author that started the Own Voices movement, and she had commented on it this year in a Publishers Weekly interview and said, while the concept of marginalized characters written by marginalized authors is in no way new, I think having straightforward shorthand has made it easier to prioritize and centralize these books within the diversity discussion. It's changed how we talk about representation in both good and bad ways. One negative result is the excessive identity policing and pressuring of marginalized authors that we've been seeing. The positive results are plentiful, though, and I hope that they outweigh the negatives. I've seen lots of marginalized authors feel emboldened by the popularity of the hashtag. So, I don't know. I It's, it's a weird spot to, like, discuss mm-hmm. that because I'm, I'm not a writer. And, you know, m- my point of view is pretty vanilla (laughs) so I don't think anyone's really clamoring for my lived experience (laughs) but I am I I feel like in the in this one specific instance I'm so glad that Emily is writing books with these characters yeah because I don't I, I don't see what she's talking about or how she's created Reese and Anne represented much yeah i see what she's talking about like the what addiction looks Mm -hmm. like and the horribleness of it not Mm -hmm. the person behind it Mm -hmm. i mean it's always the addiction is central to their character so 
Yeah, it's interesting too. I was telling my husband today, we were just talking about how like alcohol is just so central to not only a lot of people's lives, especially mm-hmm. in Nashville, to be honest, but in everything you consume. So to just be reading from a perspective of someone who doesn't drink alcohol or it's just to be like a normal part of someone's life mm-hmm. is very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Like it should be more. There should yeah. be more of <laughs> yeah. alcohol not being the focus of a character or mm-hmm. a TV show or whatever. It was interesting to see. So as someone who watches Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, all of the above, those shows are so centered around drinking. Well, that leads me to my next question. <laughs> the juxtaposition of sober characters in an atmosphere like Last Chance or Bachelor, Bachelorette. I feel like the producers feed the yeah. contestants alcohol to make it something that's entertaining to you yes to me <laughs> i don't necessarily support but they, watching I mean, they these drink shows so much and we I kept thinking that reading this book i'm like wait how are you getting through this but not so something drinking. else that i thought would be brilliant is if that person actually was on the show i mean i don't watch bachelor bachelorette there but i have feel been, like they would there have excel. been sober characters i believe characters there have been sober contestants i believe mm-hmm. but what if they faked it oh no like what if say they were sober and they faked drinking yeah and then just like ate everyone's lunch like they were the best yeah. contestant because <laughs> yeah they were the only ones coherent mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's that would be something for sure just putting it out there it's a lot of folks from nashville going on these shows there are a lot of folks from nashville going on these shows for sure so something this is drastically different Mm -hmm. from sobriety being represented in this book but another thing that happens in this book so honey pushes bear and he falls and he hits his head and he dies and that comes up a lot in TV and movies and books where there's a accident. I didn't mm-hmm. mean to kill someone. They just I accidentally pushed them and they fell and they died. I have never met anyone. I'm sure it has happened. I've never <laughs> met anyone who that has happened to, who has experienced this problem. But I think about it all the time. Today, I was climbing a ladder and there's all this stuff on the floor underneath me. And I thought, if I fall i'm gonna crack my head open and die not i'm gonna fall and like twist my ankle or break an arm which is more (laughs) likely how many people have you met who've broken their arm falling lots of them never met anyone who accidentally shoved someone and got accused of murder because they shoved someone and they accidentally hit their head and died (laughs) but it is a constant anxiety in my life that is what's going to happen to me it's something that happens in this book for sure the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. So we read another book with sober characters. And I guess, so 70s in June, mm-hmm. the two main characters were sober. One was in recovery and the other had presumably MS or, or some kind of disease that just had her in pain and had like these. Yeah, just couldn't drink for like her health. Yeah. I like I didn't feel like it came up trying to think back on that book like it came up at all she was faking drinking yeah socially Mm -hmm. but yeah that was the only other book that 
And it's not weird at all. And no. I feel like conceptually having a character that has an addiction or is it's in just recovery sober for whatever reason. Yeah. It it's I feel like it's that thing when you walk into a party and you're not drinking. When I wasn't, it's because I was pregnant and I felt like I had to have that reason. Mm-hmm. And that's such a bummer. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to have like, a reason. If, yeah, no one, no one that I know would care. No. And if they do, go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I just, I remember that feeling so awkward when I was at work dinners and stuff. Oh, because you were pregnant? And I didn't, no one knew. Oh. That does make would, sense, though. You're going from weird. drinking. To, yeah. I don't know. But it's just nobody's business. I, I'm a, mm-hmm. To be the nosiest person ever and to be an oversharer, mm-hmm. I also firmly believe not, nothing. I'm not owed anyone's yeah. business. Do I love it when they dish it up to me? Yes. <laughs> love it. Am I going to dish my business out to everyone? Also, yes. But, yeah, it's nobody's business. Yeah. I, there was one point where I think Reese tells Anne. I think it was Reese tells Anne. Reese was her mentor or her. Yeah, her. In AA. Mm, what's the word? Sponsor. Sponsor. Her sponsor. That's Reese right. was her sponsor. Yes. And Anne was panicking about what to say to a date who was taking to her, her to a winery on mm-hmm. a date. And Reese was like, just tell him you don't drink for your health, but the food looks great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes total sense and mm-hmm. it's, it's true that it's true it's, you're not lying it's true we should probably all drink less for our health so yeah there's that okay i had one more question for you okay this is one we talked about last week about the endings of books mm. so i found the ending satisfying yet sad and it wasn't what i wanted to happen but i still found it satisfying yeah and last week we talked about how we love a book that has that I, Rach, loves a book that it's like tied up. It ties up in a neat bow. Mm -hmm. And I can walk away from it and I don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. those characters anymore. And I felt the same way about this one, even though so many people died. Some of the ones you wanted to die, also Rachel, horrible person, still speaking. (laughs) And in the Goodreads, like preview to the book, Emily also said this, I veered away from a bleak tone that is popular today. Yes, I agree, Emily. I hate that bleak tone. Mm-hmm. I want things to end nicely. That's Rach, not Emily. <laughs> back, to back to Emily. Back to Emily. Life can be difficult enough, so it was important to me to end on a hopeful note. The conclusion may not be conventional, happy, be the conventional happy ending. Then she uses a word I've never seen before, promulgated. Mm-hmm. On reality dating shows, but I believe it's a happy ending all the same. By the end of the story, I hope it's clear that are many there are many paths to a fulfilling and meaningful life. Mm. And I loved that. I like that too. That's exactly that's, that's what, what we were I trying to con- that's what we were trying yes. to convey. Last yeah. when we were talking about that it needs to be a mm-hmm. tidy bow. It doesn't have to end happily mm-hmm. for it to be a tidy bow. Yeah. There's lots of times I want it to. Right. But that doesn't have to happen every time for mm-hmm. it to be like I just need it to There was a part where I felt like they were going to find Reese inside this house where they all Mm -hmm. end up at and she's hiding away. They're just keeping her until the show ends. And I was excited that that might happen. Mm -hmm. And then it, that wasn't what happened. Yeah. Because there's this whole idea that maybe Reese, because they're kind of hiding the fact that it's maybe a TV show, maybe once the 
I don't know, the recording ended. She was going to come back out of hiding. That was a, a big part of the storyline. But that is mm-hmm. not what happens of the many deaths. Yeah, no, she jumps out of a car. Yeah. there's a, And gets run over. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot going mm-hmm. on in those last few pages. Last yep. few chapters. Okay. I feel like we should pick a question from the back of okay. Emily's book. So she has, in the back of the book, Emily does have some questions for discussion. So let's look at one of those and, and pick it and discuss it. Do you want to pick a one? Sure. You're, I feel like you read these before. Read some of them. Surprise me. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> Every once in a while since we've been recording, I've been thinking, Emily, you're going to listen to this. How did we do, sister? Ooh, okay. Ooh, I like this one. Okay. Although he plays an important role in Anne's history, Anne's ex-boyfriend from college is never named. Why do you think that is? Interesting. Which it never super hit me. It didn't either. I knew he wasn't, and I feel like that played a perspective in what I thought about his role in Anne's life mm-hmm. but yeah he was never named because there's the look-alike That's so right. when she goes to mm-hmm. this retreat there's a guy who looks like her ex who Reese also ran into because he's on the last retreat right yeah and but that guy's name was Nick Nick mm-hmm. I think that's right um but they never named the ex-boyfriend who was awful yeah why do you think that is? Well, I, let's ask. I feel like we should ask Emily. Why, I do too. Why, why didn't you name him? I feel like that was now that I'm remembering. I feel like I had to read that a couple times to realize what was happening. That, oh, I want to say Gunk. it's because this is my gut reaction mm-hmm. to this question. When you name a thing, you give it more importance. More like power. More power. Yeah. We don't want to do that to those Fuck trash yeah. men. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> That's what I want it to be. Mm. Okay. We'll what do you think? No, I have no idea. I like your answer. Yeah, there's a, it gives something, naming something or someone mm-hmm. gives it power over that, over you or over that person. I don't know. Yeah. And I, it feels like when you're reading the chapters from Anne's perspective, she wouldn't want to give him that much power over yeah. her life. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As I'm really <laughs> curious about this one. As between the two of us, you okay. don't watch these kinds I of TV not. shows and I I know what they are. I'm not. Do. How do you feel about the fact that neither Anne nor Reese end up with a partner given the goal of reality dating shows like The Bachelor is to walk away with a marriage proposal? How do these types of shows and Last Chance reflect or amplify societal pressures? Well, no shit. They didn't walk away with a partner because (laughs) the whole concept of reality TV show dating is bullshit. It's abysmal odds abysmal odds it i feel like there's been and this is someone that met her husband in high school actually middle school (laughs) i need there's a reference i need to make so this is coming from someone that met her husband in middle school 
and not that I think that's the best way either. I just, I think that the idea that you can look at a photo of someone or have a first impression of someone and make up your mind enough to the point where you're ready to like get them out of the way. Yeah. So literally on Tinder when you're swiping, just getting yeah. them out of your queue of women or men that you're interested in. It's purely a physical. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's taking so much out of what you end up loving about a person yeah. is their the physical encasement yeah. m- means something like I'm not saying it's not important at all but I also think like you grow more attracted to a person as you For get sure. to know them and mm-hmm. you're missing all of those chances so I know lots of people that have found yeah very big love on dating apps mm-hmm. so it has worked yeah but I just think it's sad mm-hmm. that that's what a lot of that's the only option for so many people. Yeah, I think the individual stories aren't mm-hmm. sad. It's like the societal pressure yeah. of swiping or like or, or dating shows where mm-hmm. you are the societal pressure of the idea that married even as two people who've been happily married for yeah. my 15th wedding anniversary mm-hmm. like you're 14 right yeah we I, even the societal pressure that that's what you need to be happy in mm-hmm. life so you need it so bad you need to go on a tv show to find it yeah that's what's if you want to go on a tv show to date people great i think that's why i like bachelor in paradise but don't than I get like the bachelor. married the like ending with a proposal is like a travesty yeah. i'm i know i've said this before mm. bachelor in paradise is a superior show even though you it's have. like a little i think most people would say trashier i don't know mm-hmm. what the great that doesn't feel like the right word but it's it's more honest yeah <laughs> they're just going to hang out Drink on an island, maybe <laughs> find someone, maybe not. It's not gonna end in a proposal. So. Yeah, I mean, no, I like technically, that. I it like that more. Should, but I don't know. And they're like even, right? Even the sexes are. They throw the numbers off every week, Fun. so they like bring new people on. Great. There's weird hosts like David Spade. I don't know. It's a bizarre cool, okay. ride. You're not going on there. <laughs> there. So what I, I was looking up on my phone earlier. There is a great Instagram called Bachelor Data. And as someone who – I'm a program manager. I'm not a data analyst in mm-hmm. my real day-to-day life. But I work with a lot of data analysts. I find the job fascinating. This lady does all these data analysis, analyses of Bachelor and Bachelorette. Ooh. And she'll track success rates, which is sad. I was trying to find the actual success mm-hmm. rates of who is still married that have been on these shows. I couldn't find it quickly. But it is fascinating, and you can actually – she will actually say, like, oh, the person who gets the first date on this episode. Oh, like that typically, it, Yeah, it's, like, super dialed in. She does courses you can take. It's interesting. so interesting. I love this account, Bachelor Data. I was trying to find – I thought it would be, like, pinned at the top, but it's not. Oh, on her TikTok. No, on her. I'm on her Instagram. Mm. She does screen time analyses where if someone gets the most screen time, oh, yeah, you can kind of yeah, see what yeah. the producers are up to. It's very interesting. So very you can predict who's going to win. Kind of, yeah. Okay. She can. She's magical. 
All right. So this is the one I'm most excited about and also most fearful because I know Emily probably has in her head just this part of the podcast. Oh, we're the, gonna fan do the fan cast. cast. Oh, I didn't think about that. Like that she, she created these characters and she's we're putting now faces scared. to them. I have no one to add. So this is all on you as well. Okay. No, I did. I had people that I saw in my head. Um, so I'm interested to see what she thinks about them. So for Anne, I had Alexandra Daddario. I feel like around the time I was reading this book, I was watching mm-hmm. White Lotus. So two of my characters mm-hmm. are them. Do you know who that is? Yes, because She's I watched. She's also on Baywatch. <laughs> well, Baywatch, Rachel and I love Baywatch. She was also in Percy Jackson. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh. So she was my Anne. For Reese, I had Amanda Siegfried. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a mm. really, when I saw that on your list. That's a very, 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 very good Yeah, I thought they were. And I I would like to think they're around the same age. I couldn't oh. remember if Reese was, what their age was were supposed to be. Because I know Alexandra Daddario from Percy Jackson, yeah. I think of her as basically a 14-year-old, mm. even though she's not. Mm. The next thing I know her from is Baywatch. Baywatch. So then I think of her as 19. Okay. But... I think she's got to be in like her 20s. I, she has to. Well, let's Mid 20s. Oh, she's only one year younger than me. Oh. So she's 36. <laughs> oh, you look great, Alexandra. She looks great. <laughs> I so just you, said girl. I thought of her as an 18 year old. So can you give us your skincare routine? Please. <laughs> please, please. Christina, I had three characters I had Kate Blanchett, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Christina Applegate. Gwyneth, Gwyneth is who I thought of. Okay, I actually, but if you could give Gwyneth the like Bob, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. yeah, okay, yes, 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 uh, and so those like sugary sweet, but I don't believe you vibes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow could do that better than the other two. So it was Gwyneth Paltrow who, were, and then Kate Blanchett uh-huh. and Christina Applegate. Oh, I could, uh, I could see Christina Applegate. It's not who I picture, though. I, Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. I like Gwyneth. Okay. Um, and then Lamb, I had Lucas Gage. And I, if you don't know who that is, I only had seen him in White Lotus. Oh, interesting. But. Oh, American Vandal. Yes. He's oh, from that. Oh, is that he is? Mm-hmm. Oh, didn't we talk about that last week? Oh, did we? We talked about American Vandal? Yes, maybe. I think so. Wait. When we were fan casting, and you had cast the guy from Stranger Things. Oh, okay, okay. And he was also an American Vandal, I think. Mm. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, that's who I picked for Lamb. Oh, he's also in Euphoria. Of course he's in Euphoria. <laughs> Rach is always casting Euphoria. Oh, man. man. It's in your subconscious now. You're it really is. Euphoria oh. characters. Cool, cool, cool. So that's it. Next week... Okay, so next week is the interview with Emily Whitson. And then the week after that, we start. Drum roll. Akatar. We are going, we're going to tackle it. It's going to be three weeks of Akatar. We have a lot of fun things planned. We're going to do a fan cast bracket. Mm-hmm. And I think we haven't decided yet how we're going to break it up. We might yeah. do a mini, two mini episodes for, or a mini episode for each book. Um, and then release two every week. Yeah. We might do. We're one. not sure. We're not sure. If you have any 
what do you want to hear about? I don't, yeah, tell us tell us what you want to hear. What would, mm-hmm. what would work well for you? Because this is this Akatar is the series that made us want to do this. So there's it feels like there's a lot mm-hmm. of pressure to get it right. Yeah, but I could talk. We could do an entire season on Akatar, mm-hmm. and I could talk. I could talk endlessly about yeah. it. So we have like to half the it episodes out. would be about Nesta, but yes, Ugh, queen, we'll get there. Um, so yeah, if you have any suggestions, we've yeah, we also got a lot going on in our lives, so we're trying to figure it out. Still, <laughs> there's multiple vacations <laughs> happening, remodels of houses, kids' life. So yeah. Tell us, you tell us what you want to hear and we'll just do it because that'd yeah. make my life easier. Yeah, that's true. But I'm so excited about the interview. It's going to be so much fun. This mm-hmm. is our, our first author interview, local Nashville author. We're trying to kind of spotlight, you know, we've we've tried throughout the season to spotlight women characters, POC, or characters, women authors, mm-hmm. POC authors, and we're also doing a local Nashvilleian. I think so, I picked super- and local author for next for next season, season too mm-hmm. yeah if you're following along on social media mm-hmm. you will see we have started kind of dipping our toes <laughs> in the waters of spooky season so oh, uh, that's there. really fun lots to come we're very excited but yeah oh speaking of follow us on social media we don't do this every episode but we, we don't should. but we should so if you'd like to leave us an old-fashioned email you can do that at the book report pod gmail my heart would stop i would be like someone sent us an email for real i would be so stoked too it's not just like ads yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's real real people on the other side we are on instagram at the book report podcast we are on tiktok at the book report podcast and i hope you will yeah hang out with us in those places too yeah We are looking forward to next week. So we will see you there for our author interview with Emily C. Whitson. And in the meantime, have a great week. See ya.